Welcome to the Conscious Living Podcast, conversations to educate, empower, and enlighten our world. An uplifting and inspiring series of conversations and talks with your host, Jackie Woodside. We are educating minds, empowering lives, and enlightening souls to create a world where love prevails. In this engaging podcast, we deliver exciting, positive, transformative talks and teachings designed to elevate your life. Now, let's join our host, Jackie Woodside, for this week's session. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for being here for another episode of the Conscious Living Podcast, where we are here to educate, empower, and enlighten our world. I appreciate you being one of those people that's thinking about how to live life more consciously. And every week, it's my goal to bring you just interesting thought leaders and entrepreneurs, teachers, and speakers who are going to elevate your walk as a person who wants to be awakened and engaged in this life. And I couldn't be happier today to bring you not just one of the most amazing entrepreneurs and successful female entrepreneurs that I know, but also one of my dear, dear friends. Michelle Culp and I have known each other for probably almost 20 years at this point, 15 to 20 years. She is a, an entrepreneur who loves books who writes books and who helps other people be successful authors. Probably the most amazing accomplishment that I think maybe any of my friends have, have uh, succeeded in comes from Michelle Culp. She, I think two years ago, uh, decided, well, probably three years ago, she decided, two years ago, she accomplished writing a book a month for an entire year. And that's a little bit about what she's going to talk uh, with us about today. So Michelle is not only an extraordinary entrepreneur, she is a deeply in tune, engaged, spiritually awake human being. So Michelle, you know I love you. Thank you. I don't know why it's taken me so long to have you on the show. You should have been my first guest because you're such a dear friend. Oh, but thank you. Yeah, thank you for your generosity and your time to be here with us and share your message today on the Conscious Podcast. I'm excited so, to be here. Yeah, say a little bit more about your journey and how you ended up being this extraordinarily successful entrepreneur with books, which is, if not one of your first loves, maybe right behind your children and your grandchildren, I think is uh, Absolutely. I know a book lover. Yes, I've always been a book nerd, as, as uh, <laughs> I've been called. I love books. I've always loved books and always wanted to be a writer. And of course, like many people, I went down a different path, right? I, uh, when I was in high school, decided I was going to be a lawyer. That's, uh, I took business law and I was 17. I said, that's the path for me. I want to be a lawyer. And so I went to college and studied law, ended up becoming a paralegal for 17 years. And guess what my favorite subjects were? Writing, legal writing and legal research, <laughs> right up my alley. And so it, it's interesting because I did love the legal world for a while, but after 17 years, I was quite burnt out on it. And, you know, I still had this dream, I guess you could say, of, of being a writer. And I didn't have a journalism degree or anything. So um, I basically stalked the editor of the newspaper where I lived and I pretended to be a reporter and I would go out to events and I would tell people I was a reporter for this newspaper and I would interview people, take pictures, write the story, put it in an envelope. My father worked for the city of Bowie. I said, dad, give this envelope to the editor of the newspaper. And he started publishing my work. My, in fact, my first article was on the front page of the newspaper 
And I never talked to the editor. I didn't work there. And he started every week, my articles would be published. And after four weeks of being a published writer for the uh, Capital Gazette newspapers, the the editor called me and he was a a six foot seven Scottish guy from from Scotland. And he was kind of scary. Um, People either loved him or hated him. And he liked that. He always said that he wanted to be loved or hated. He didn't want to be in the middle. a lot of people didn't like him. But anyways, he called me up one day and he goes, what do you want, a job or something? After he published all my articles. And I said, I don't know. I said, why are you offering? He said, come in here and talk to me. So I, I never met the guy. I went in there and there was all these reporters there. And he said, shut the door. I got something to tell you. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, what is he? What is this guy going to say? And he said, you see all those reporters out there? You know, I have to spend a lot of time editing their articles. And I said, well, you're the editors. Isn't that what editors do? And he's like, yeah, but my point is, your articles, I didn't have to edit. I just published them. You are an incredible writer. And he offered me a full-time job. Now, I was working as a paralegal making twice the money that he offered me. And I said, I would go broke being a reporter. I didn't know reporters didn't make any money. So I declined on the full-time offer, but I became a freelance writer for the newspaper for three years. And that was sort of my way into writing. And, you know, it just made me feel like, oh, I have credentials. And a lot of people think they can't write a book if they don't have credentials. And I want people to know there's, there's, you can write a book without credentials. You don't need a journalism degree. Um, that's what editors are for. They're there to edit our work, you know, and if, if you can talk, you can write a book. So you can, you can have a book, book ghost written. You can, you know, write it and have it edited. You can talk your book into, you know, an app or whatever. So, you know, the, the point is like, you know, sometimes we go down one path, but there's a dream inside of us that we we still have. And I just always wanted to be a writer. And that was how I kind of fell into it. So my my second part was like, once I had this experience that I think thought I needed credentials being a reporter. So I had these credentials and I was like, oh, I, I need to get you know, a publishing house and I need an agent. So I went down that road, which wasted a lot of time as well. Uh, probably got 50 rejection letters, but I did get a call from one of the top five publishing houses in New York. And I had written a book, the manuscript was on the guy's desk. And um, he said, I really like your your manuscript. It was called um, Woman Take Hold of Your Power, 50 Subconscious Ways Women Give Away Their Power. And he said, I really like your book. What credentials do you have? This is what the guy asked me. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, this is a self-help book for women. You must be a, have a PhD. You must be a psychologist, licensed clinical social worker. You must be one of those things. And I said, no, I have something better. He goes, better than a PhD? What could that be? And I said, I have life experience. I didn't make up that stuff that I wrote in that book. That's all from me and my girlfriend's lives. Like, And he said, well, if you had a degree, now this was a long time ago. Um, if you had a degree, we would publish it, but you don't. So we're not, bye. And that was it. And I could have let that destroy my dreams, but I didn't. When Amazon came around with self-publishing, that's when I decided I'm going to self-publish. What do I need a publishing house for? I'm going to do it myself. Right. And Michelle, how many books do you have published at this point? I think I have 22 now. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Thank that you. Amazing. Say a little bit, and then I, I know I want to get into talking to you about AI and the influence of AI, but there's a couple of things before we get into that I want to talk about. 
I'm curious about like how you decided the book a month thing um, and what sure. your passion was around that. But I also am curious about like your just your your path in conscious living and your kind of your spiritual growth and how how your spirituality influences your work as a as a writer as, and an entrepreneur. Okay. So um, we'll talk about how I got into the book a month first, and we'll talk about the spiritual piece. But um, and and actually, part of it was probably you know during my meditation, um, I was kind of feeling like so at that point I had probably helped four hundred authors publish books. Wow! And I was feeling like you know it's sort of like um, like like the plumber who needs plumbing work in his own house. He's out fixing everybody else's plumbing, but he didn't have time to fix his own house. So I'm out, I'm out helping all these authors, but I'm yeah. not writing books. I think I published yeah. like one book and then maybe three years later, I published another book. And then yeah. maybe two years later, I published, another. you know, it was like very haphazardly. And so I read this article on a blog called Written Word Media. And the article said that the average author who makes six figures in royalties has 28 books. And I said, 28 books. Wow, that's a lot. So I thought I'm going to write a book a month and I'm going to test this theory about 28 books and see how much money like royalties I can earn. But also it'll just be good discipline. I'll be able to write books I've always wanted to write and I'll and I'll you know be doing them rather quickly. So I decided Amazon has a category called short reads. And I decided I was just going to do around 100 page books. But you can you can do a 50 page book. You can do a 30 page book. But my books end up being about 100 pages. So I started writing a book a month and it was very hard and I wanted to quit many, many, many times. And they say when you're up to big things, uh, shit hits the fan. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but yeah. everything happened yeah. uh, that would make me want to quit in my life. And I had told so many clients and so many people about it that I had to save face. And they were like, how's the book a month thing going? And I was like, oh my God, I don't, you know, to myself, I'm thinking, I don't want to do this. I got all this stuff going on. I can't focus, but I, I opened my big mouth, told a lot of people. And now I had to stick to what I said I was going to do. And I find that with a lot of clients, as soon as they decide they want to write a book, 10 things happen that is going to stop them from writing a book. Absolutely. But I, I just continued. I don't know how I did it. I have a great editor and formatter and cover designer. And I just, I just kept churning out books. Um, one of the books that I wrote was called how to find your passion. Mm -hmm. And it ended up being one of my top books. And I wrote that one early on. And then every month, I don't know, I just wrote what I wanted to write about, you know. Um, and so you didn't have the plan ahead, like the 12 books decided ahead of time? I actually keep a uh, notebook with book titles. They come to me like every day of my yeah. life. And I just keep it. So I probably had about 200 titles I could write. <laughs> So I do think I sat down and I said, these are the books I'm going to write for the year. But that kind of changed as I went along. Like some of them I did write. And then I'd like, sometimes I'd get 40 pages into a book and I'd go, I'm not feeling it. And I'm like, God, I just wasted 40 pages, but I wasn't like feeling the energy. So then I would switch. And anyways, it was a learning experience, but I, I somehow I would get those books done. And the deadline of having to do it on that month really motivated me because I was like, it has to have this publication date, you know, January, February, March, April. So we were like whizzing through the books. And my, mm -hmm. I think my editor thought I was nuts. She's like, what are you, you know, what are you doing? Why are you, you doing all this? I'm like, I don't know why I'm doing all this, but 
I learned a lot about discipline. I learned a lot about having a system, um, having, I, yeah. I kind of have a 30 day system now of how to write books. And I did do a book a month at the end of the, the year, I had $3,335 in passive income. Now, if I, if I was to retire at full retirement, I would be getting 2,700 a month. So I exceeded my social security check, right? In yeah. 12 months. And I thought, you know, people work 30, 40 years for that social security check. And I just got that in 12 months. Years. Yeah. That's that one year. That's so impressive. What was your rhythm like, Michelle? Did you get up and write first thing in the morning or what, like, what was your writing rhythm like? One of the books I did end up writing was called how not to write a book. Um, because these were all the things I did that was, was, was like problematic during that time. And for me, the only thing that worked was to roll out. I ended up buying a little writing desk and putting it in my bedroom. And I would roll out of bed in my pajamas and write. Because if I went to Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts or went anywhere to run any errands, to go take care, you know, make my smoothie, go out for breakfast, do anything, I never got my writing done. I had to literally wake up, sit at the desk, do my writing, and then I was done for the day. And how long would you write? Oh, um, I, I had kind of like set, like I would do one to two chapters a day. Most of the books were 10 to 12 chapters. So yeah. I could, I could turn out a book and I do, I will say I type about a hundred words a minute from my legal, oh, legal wow. day. So I'm a pretty fast typer. And um, I also, I've been a blog blogger for a long time. So I had a lot of stuff like already, you know, written yeah, yeah. ideas developed and stuff like that. So that was my routine was just to write one to two chapters a day. And if I wasn't writing, then we were working on the editing or the cover design. And that's how, that's how it went for a year. That is so cool. Your editor must have like, could she even keep up with you? No, she thought I was insane. I was not, she did keep up with me, but uh, sometimes we were like cutting it close. And this is what I would say. I know it's not perfect. And I know there's more mistakes let's publish it. And then her and I would actually, so we'd publish it, get the date on it. And then we'd go back two more times, fix it. And then we'd upload the updated manuscript. Right, right. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant system. Um, yeah. And, and you know, how did your spirituality, your conscious living influence or inform your career and, and particularly that process? Well, I think um, I heard uh, years ago, I was in speaking circles. Um, I don't know if you're were you in speaking circles? Mm-mm. No, sort I remember of, you talking sort about of um, speaking from your heart. It's like Toastmasters yep. is speaking from your head. To- speaking circles was speaking from your heart. And one of the guys at the speaking circle said, if you're not expressing yourself, you're going to be depressed. If you don't express, you'll be depressed. Interesting. And I thought like we all have to express ourselves some way, right? Musicians do it through music, artists do it through painting. Like I wanted to write books. And I remember my business coach, who was a phenomenal coach. He tripled my income in 90 days. And I remember when I told him I was writing books and he goes, Michelle, wait, why are you, why are you writing books? You don't need to write books. You're making all this money. I was making multiple six figures. I was doing done for you one-on-one work, but I was getting burned out on doing all this work for other people. It's like kind of having an agency model, you know, a service provider. And it was great. And I loved helping the authors, but after a while I was like, I want to be writing. I want to be one of the authors, you know? So I think being 
doing my meditation and being in touch with, you know, my spiritual side and my intuition and what I wanted to do. It, it, it's sort of like when I left the legal field, I, I started meditating and I had a voice in my head that said, if you don't get over your fear of public speaking, you'll never be a successful writer. And I hated public speaking. I used to, you know, get heart palpitations and my lips would quiver and I would avoid any, all public speaking. And that's why I did Toastmasters for six years. I did speaking circles for six years. I had to get over this fear because, and I was like, what does that have to do with writing? Why can't I just write at home and never talk to people? That's all I wanted to do. That was my dream was never speak to anybody. And anyways, the voice wouldn't let I mean, every day it was like, get over your fear of public speaking. And I was like, why? I don't want to do it. I don't want to talk to anyone. So that was listening to the voice, even when it doesn't make any sense. Because to be a writer, you think, what does speaking have to do with writing? Right. But Michelle, what that says about you is that you were willing to do the work. You know, you you were being conscious, being awake, being aware, being in the meditation chair, listening to the voice. And then, I mean, 12 years of putting yourself in two different speakers groups. That's and I hated every minute of it. And I became president of Toastmasters, oh, of I became area governor of Toastmasters, all the way, still hating every minute of it. Right, I was like, right. Why am I doing this? I hate oh, it. Why are they making so me president of the club? Funny. Yeah, that I mean, but that willingness is such an integral part of living consciously, because oftentimes those messages that you do get from your higher self aren't exactly what your ego self or your personality self wants to hear. Yeah. No, I thought when I left the legal field and I was like, I'm just going to write and I'll be in my bedroom and I don't have to talk to people. And this is going to be my dream research and writing. That's all I wanted to do. You know, and a lot of people that like reading and research, they really are introverts and people don't believe me, especially my family. You're not an introvert. I am like the biggest introvert. I just have learned, you know, through all this training and stuff to speak as well. There's there's actually a new category called ambivert. And I think that's what you and I both are. When when we have a role that we have to fulfill, we can bring it and even be energized by it, you know, and enjoy being, uh, being in a role, facilitating, leading, speaking, teaching, um, actually enjoy it because it's a role and it's clearly yes. defined, but put us in a social situation or something unstructured. It's like, uh, completely. Oh exhausting. Yeah. I know people always want me to go to like networking events or like these big writers groups. Like I am going to have an ocean writing retreat probably in Florida in October, but it'll be like 12 people or something. Right. 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 Not I'll like be organized. I'll be teaching yeah. it with somebody else, but to be like with 400 people somewhere, I'll be like, no, I'm not doing yeah, no. Right. I'll go to my room. Thank you very much. Right. I'll just be in my room. <laughs> you need me, come, come get me. <laughs> so Michelle, it seems like AI appeared in our culture, like almost overnight. And I know that's not true for people Here. who've been in it. Right. But it was like uh, over like a two week period, it went from like, what, what is chat GPT to like everybody, you know, knew about it. And they were breaking the servers because so many people were, were using it. It just seemed to explode out of nowhere. And I have to say during those two weeks, I thought about you and I was like, oh my gosh, Michelle's career, you know, she helps people write books. And now like, who's going to write books? It's all going to be with, you know, AI and chat GPT. And now you've used it as only you would, you know, so brilliantly to incorporate it and not stymie your career, but actually elevate your career. So talk a little bit about your process and how you help authors incorporate ChatGPT as part of their writing and production method to to write a book in a month, right? Yes, it it really does um, help. It's sort of like when they say like, 
the hardest part of going to the gym is like getting your sneakers on or, you know, getting dressed or whatever, getting in the car. Get out the door, yeah. Writing a book, it's like the hardest part is like, you know, coming up with an outline, coming up with the title, coming up with, you know, the uh, developing the idea. And so we're not using chat GPT um, to write the books, but we are using it to come up with ideas for the books, like, you know, topics, and it comes up with great titles. I mean, I can actually like say you have a podcast, you and I, you could take the transcript from this and put it in chat GPT and it can give you five blog post ideas. It could give you um, five book title ideas from our interview and it will know your voice as well. So you can give it your own content, which is cool. So I could put my manuscript in it and say, hey, I want to write another book about this topic. Here's, you know, and you can. It's pretty amazing what it can do. So we're using it to get ideas, um, to create outlines, and then kind of structure the book. And yeah. then we're, of course, doing the writing, um, the content of the book. But it is it is helping with a huge part of it. You can have the whole book outlined using chat GPT. We have a boot camp going on right now, and I'm sure we'll run it again. It's a six week boot camp where we're training the authors. And we have about 30, I think we have 35 people sign up for that, where we're training them, you know, that you have to sort of know how to work. It's a writing assistant. It's not a ghostwriter. It's not writing your book for you, but you have to know how to speak to it in terms of writing prompts. So one of the things we do is like, I might say, um, you know, like if you were doing it, you could say, I am, you know, a, a life coach and I want to write a book on this topic. And I want you to use the voice of a licensed clinical social worker or a certified life coach or a money coach or whatever it is. And you tell it who, what the voice is. And it it may give you some basic, it's in the beginning, it's very robotic sounding, you know what yeah. I mean? You're like, I would never publish that. Right. But as you get deeper into telling it more and, and asking the right questions and giving it the right writing prompts, it will give you some amazing ideas and formats. And then you take, when you get the good stuff, and it takes a little while to get the good stuff, once you get it, uh, we were we were working with one of our authors who's a dating coach. And once we got the good stuff, we said, okay, now take that table of contents and um, put it in the voice of Dr. Seuss. I just wanted to see what would happen. Dr. Seuss? And everything rhymed perfectly. And it was funny. Oh, and exact. I mean, it was like, it was so good. I couldn't believe it. You could say Shakespeare. You could say right. a president, Abraham Lincoln, whatever. Once you get something, you could say, put it in a voice that's humorous. Put it in a voice that's serious put it in you know whatever and it's just amazing wow i love that dr seuss prompt that is i love it too that is my favorite so what does the 30 days look like so is it week one that you do the outline week two you do the writing week three you do the editing i mean what does it look like over i mean 30 days is so short yeah it, it is really short um, I think planning out the year, like you said earlier, does help if you could just say, and it's good to stick to one or two topics instead of, you know, I mean, I had to learn that I was like writing some self-help books, writing some business books, writing some books for authors, because right. if you can write in like a series of three for each topic that that is helpful, because then you can have book one, book two, book three or whatever. And if you have everything laid out, that's half the battle. Now, you know, and now with AI and chat GPT, you can get you can easily I mean, it gives me great titles. I just say 
I'm a writing coach. I want to teach some nonfiction authors how to make passive income. Give me some titles. And I remember one of the titles was called Monetize Your Manuscript. And I love that. I was yeah. like, yes, that's a great title. You know, yeah, like, it get, but it gave me like 20 great titles. Wow. Yeah. I've used it for titles as well. I, I'm cu- just curious. There's so many AI platforms out there. Are you using QuickWrite, which is the book writing? Do you not, not even know about it? No, I don't. Yeah. QuickWrite.ai. I think it's .ai. Um, is a book writing AI platform where you you choose what you want to <clears throat> what you want to write. It can be a blog post or a nonfiction book, a fiction book, whatever. Uh, so you tell tell it what kind of content you're writing, and then you give it a topic. Uh, and oh, it asks you if you want the outline. That's one of the other options. Anyway, all these options, then you give it the topic, and it generates it for you. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. So I don't know how Amazon's handling. You know what I mean? Like, where is this book coming from? I mean, obviously, they they do checks, you know, to see if... Well, there's an AI that can tell you if something is written by AI. Uh, I think it's GPT-free. I, I can't remember. Oh, okay. there, yeah, there, there's an AI platform that, uh, that professors, college professors and high school um, oh. are using. So you feed what you've been given. You feed a manuscript through that AI, and it tells you whether or not it was AI-generated. That's why it's important not to have it write your book. You're right. going to write your book, get right. the ideas. And then, you know, even if it, it writes the introduction, you're still going to put, you're still going to change it, put your touch on it, your stories, your voice and all that stuff. It's, it's really there to be an assistant, just like you, you would hire a writing assistant. Yeah. Hey, I need you to go out and do this research and figure out this. And I've learned, I mean, there's, there's some drawbacks with it too. Like one of the things I learned is that if you ask for like, I don't know, some stats, right. And it doesn't know it, it will make them up. So let's say, I don't know, you're writing historical fiction or I don't know. And you're looking for, yeah. And if it doesn't know it, that's what I've been told that it will make up stuff that isn't accurate. Wow. So you need to fact check your GPT. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, I'm not writing stuff like that. So I don't need a fact check, you know. Um, yeah, right. You stuff, don't you but... don't do as much research. Wow. OK, I love it. So I'm curious about your take on like kind of the intersection. You know, I'm all about consciousness, being conscious, being awake, being aware, awakening, being in here in this earth and, you know, experiencing life. And now this advent of, uh, you know, AI um, and AR, augmented reality and artificial intelligence, what do you, how do you foresee this for the future for authors, you know, bloggers, you know, people in this industry of producing content? How do you foresee the future? I think it can be like a crutch, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not like, I don't know. I'm, I'm still like, I'm working with somebody who's an uh, chat GPT expert and and he's teaching my students as we go through this boot camp. So I am learning as well, but I'm like, I kind of like the old fashioned way. Like I just, I can just come up with ideas and write it out. I do like, I'm sure you do too, the titles, subtitles, book descriptions, you know, give me some ideas for a table of contents, stuff like that. I do like that part, but when it gets to the writing, I'm just doing it the old fashioned way. I mean, I don't know. I don't, well, then everyone's going to be a writer, right? Well, chat GPT is going to make every, I don't know. Well, and I think about, I think about kids, you know, like how different, like our generation, we weren't raised with a computer in our hand, right? A computer in our pocket. We didn't walk around with constant stimulation, constant access to information, 
what our friends are doing, constant access to other people. We weren't raised that way. So this generation that was raised with you know, a computer in their hand is different. Now, that generation is going to be having children who are raised with everything is AI and AR and kind of, it's hard to know what's real and what's not real. So the frame I try to think about is just, you know, conscious evolution. <clears throat> We're evolving as a species. We're evolving as human beings. And I don't know, you know, I think the question is, are we going to use these tools to evolve or devolve? I agree. Yeah. Uh, maybe a little bit of devolving because like, I can't stand when I go to, uh, I was at the, there's a, amazing cookie place around here called crumble and we bought some cookies and i gave the girl some change after she already you know i gave her 20 and then i said oh i have 25 cents or whatever and she goes no i can't i can't take the quarter i go what do you mean it's like five dollars and 25 cents here's a quarter she goes no it's gonna mess up the whole thing i don't know how to do it and and because they're so dependent on Wow. The machine, the cash register to tell them what the change is, she already put it in. She can't figure out that she can just give me $15 back. Exactly. And I kind of think with this chat GPT and AI, is it going to make people, I don't want to say dumber, but do you yeah, know what I'm saying? Like, I, well, I think about it in terms of creativity. You know, right. what you and I are saying is that, the, you know, kind of the hard, more creative parts of, you know, give me that catchy title, give me that, you know, really creative flow of the outline or the, you know, the the hook on that subtitle, you know, it's doing the creative work for us. And and certainly for a lot of people, it's doing all of the creative work, you know, of write yes. that paper or help me with my dissertation. And, and even, I don't know if you've seen, Michelle, there's an AI that is actually diagnosing illnesses more accurately than physicians. No way. No, I haven't really? seen that. Absolutely. So, you know, I just think about, I, I think we are unprepared. Let's just put it that way. I think we are unprepared for how disruptive AI is going to be in, in our lives. Uh, yeah. It's, a, it's almost like we all needed a college course on it before, before, right? we, before it became so accessible. Training. Yeah. Yeah. I, I follow a lot of the AI uh, like bloggers and people who are, are writing about AI <clears throat> and there's upwards of a hundred new AI platforms launched every week. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. 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 I'll share some of it with you, but it's, it's really, really intense. So I think for those of us committed to using technology as a tool of awakening rather than uh, devolving into a mm -hmm. sleeping state, we really need to be mindful of how we're using our minds. And, um, and I, you know, I love that. I love that you say you can come up with ideas, you know, e easily and all the time. Most people can't. And it's one of the really, it's one of the things I just love about you is how incredibly creative you are. So Michelle, if people want to hear about you or your programs or, you know, write a book a month like you did, where's the best way for people to find you and your work and get in touch with you? Yeah, they can go to bestsellingauthorprogram.com and there's a free gift page. They can go on there. There is, um, I also open up Digital Retirement Academy for the crazy people that do want to write a book a month and potentially replace their social security income in one year like I did. No guarantees, but that, that's what I did. It was an Possible, yeah. and that's what yeah. happened. So I actually, I open it up to about 20 authors. Um uh, right now we're opening it up four times a year. So we just closed it for this one, but we'll open it up one more time in September. So there's a waiting list on my website if anybody um, is interested in writing a book a month. 
they're short books, you know, 50 to 100 pages. And it's pretty amazing what you can create in a short, short period of time. I love that. I really do want to do that. I'm, I'm like, I think you're amazing that you did that and you're helping lots of other people do it as well. And I love writing. So it's not, you know, it's not like, Oh, I have to do this. You know, it's, it's fun to me. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's definitely your gift. You know, uh, you've been put on this earth to, to express through writing and to help other people do the same. But I, but I think, you know, you were talking about computers and cell phones and, you know, you know, you go out and you see the kids and they're, I mean, I even see older people attached to their cell phones and I think that it's it's really taking away, you know what I mean? Um, a lot of great authors, like they spent time in nature, they did long walks, they weren't on technology. And some of the greatest ideas I get are when I'm when I'm you're in the shower, you're out walking, you're in nature, you're not you're not attached to your phone, you know, so we need that downtime. The author I follow is called um, Cal Newport, who wrote Deep Work, mm-hmm. Digital Minimalism, A World Without Email. I've read them all because like many of us, we don't even know we're addicted to some of our, you know, the technology. So I try to balance like not being on my phone and technology so I can do the creative work that I love to do. Absolutely. And it's what we were, what you were born to do. Yes, absolutely. It's so great. Thank you, Michelle, for your, your, your wisdom and just, just the concrete steps of how people can use writing and, and use AI as a tool to enhance our writing to replace our, our income. So your digital retirement academy. I love that. I'm going to go look that up because, okay. you know, I always want to be like you. Thank you. Yes. And you're a great writer and idea come up, you you know, you come up with a lot of great ideas and all your programs have great names too, before AI was involved. So I know. Yes, that's right. Even before AI was involved. All right, Michelle, thank you so much for being with us. You're welcome. Thank you.